This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Somebody please needs to remind Dean Spanos that he has a football team. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80 on your ESPN app, which you can watch the show on today. I'm Chris Carlin. He's Joe Fortenbaugh. Joseph Good early afternoon to you. Oh, I'm having a great day today. I really? have got to tell you, I am having a great day. My wife came in. That's not what makes it great. Okay, I want to be very clear about that. Great to see her. Way to clarify. (laughs) She comes in for the weekend. You know, the transition's happening. I'm living in Connecticut. She's with the boys over in New York. They're all going to be coming soon. But she comes in for the weekend to look at some houses. And she brings me, without me asking, 20 wings and a beef on weck from Barbell in East Aurora, New York, which is one of the legendary wing spots. And I have just been gouging myself in beef on whack. I had about a 12 minute turnaround between a TV hit and this radio show. And I shoveled half of it into my face. And while there are better ways to consume a meal like that, I'm, I'm just living the dream right now. I'm feeling yeah, great. That's on a, that, that is a great, great morning. Yeah. That is as good as it gets. <laughs> and I am in South Carolina in Myrtle beach, getting ready for the Myrtle beach bowl tomorrow. I am at the, Baseball stadium at Coastal Carolina University. Uh, Why? Why are you at a baseball stadium for a radio show when you're there to call a football game tomorrow? None of those things line up. So here's what's going on. Uh, The football stadium is right next door. And during the course of our show, uh, the two teams, Ohio University and Georgia Southern, will be holding their closed-door walkthroughs. For their practices. So, nobody allowed in the stadium. So, and they so send I'm you right o- over to some empty baseball stadium? Yes, correct. <laughs> correct. Are you the only person in that entire facility? There's a couple guys out there working on the mound. <laughs> Joe, we're getting ready for a double dip of Stetson and Coastal Carolina today at Brooks Stadium. <laughs> Settle in, everybody. We got six hours of baseball coming. Settle in, everybody. <laughs> And don't yes. forget, I had forgotten Coastal Carolina won the national championship like seven, eight years ago. Right? That's yeah, a, that's they a, the they're a powerhouse. They had a good college football run the last few years as well. They got they got some stuff cooking there. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful campus. It's a beautiful day. It's 57 degrees and not a cloud in the sky. I'm good. You know I'll what? I'll tell you what. Let's call it a show. Let's get the hell out of here. Let's, I had the beef on whack. You're down inside. Let's get the hell out of here. Whoever wants to take over. Handman, you're in charge. This is, I mean, basically, I am doing the show from here because of Jim Harbaugh. That's why. (laughs) Because people are stealing signs all over the place. Oh, I didn't even think of it from that perspective. That's pretty much it. It's not signs, it's plays, whatever. They don't want anybody watching. Listen, and I can respect that. I can respect that. The day before a bowl game, you want to get out there, you want to give it everything you got. And if there's one little thing that... Uh, that uh, college football coaches don't like variables. They don't like variables. <laughs> I um I hope you don't and take I this. I have one big fat variable. <laughs> I was gonna say I hope you don't take this the wrong way. You don't really conjure up the image of a spy in the no. traditional sense. No, I don't blend, <laughs> if you will. I, I would not be. I would not be hard to spot. That I said. Really I don't think a lot of people would see you walking by and be like, oh, that's a spy. They'd probably be like, I'm not sure how this guy got in here. Probably not much of a threat. We'll keep it moving.
<laughs> uh, listen, I could take this jacket off and be walking around, and people just assume I'm a groundskeeper. Or I'm, you know, all I'd have to do is grab a you know bag of dirt, throw it over my shoulder, right. get out there with a rake, you know, the whole thing. Uh, I would work. I would fit. I've done it before. It's one of my first jobs in in, in you know professional life. Is doing that, but anyway, you're out on the mound. You're raking it for so long, you just rake it flat. They're I like, what's what Scott those, doing? There's dirt everywhere. One of, those, one of those tampers, you know, <laughs> tamping it down, trying to put down the rubber. This on guy the- is really passionate. The season doesn't start for three months. <laughs> All right, that's uh, enough of that. Uh, that's good. That's good. And, I, and it saved us what four minutes from talking about Brandon Staley. Wow, what are we doing? I mean. I swung and missed a bit on that under last night. Well, you only missed by 50. Good thing I mean, is it was over in about four minutes. <laughs> I, I was connecting on my flight. Did not, did not have the ability to watch the first half. Connecting on my flight. Landed. Awful Wi-Fi service on the plane. Walking through the Charlotte <laughs> airport, Joseph. And I looked down, and it's 42 nothing at the half. Oh, my God. The funny I, thing was it was like 35 nothing, and I was like, oh, I think that's enough. There was only a couple minutes left, and then they tacked on another one, and it's like, good grief. Here's, when is this going to end? Here's what's sad. I actually got it, got the under at 35 and a half on ESPN bet, and oh. at 35 nothing. I actually, that's when I first saw it, and I'm like, oh, still alive. <laughs> All right. You start looking up to the heavens. You're like, let's see what you got, big man. <laughs> I know how many times we've done this where we've fired Brandon Staley, yeah. but is he fired, Evan? Carlin versus Joe. Breaking news. Well, there you go. Wow. We just fired him. <laughs> Following a historic loss to their division rival Raiders, the Chargers have fired Brandon Staley. That, according to Adam Schefter, literally while I was uttering that sentence. Nothing like getting fired. breaking news on your own show that you're unaware of. I was completely unaware that was coming. Tom Telesco also fired the GM. He's out as well. I was going to make the case that they should bring them both back, and I guess that's that's out now. Um, I mean, look, if you're the Chargers, uh, too little, too late, Spanos family. I'm not sure what you're thinking right now, but you just wasted this year because you're cheap. That's what this came down to. Everyone knew at the conclusion of last season with the way that game went against the Jaguars, Staley wasn't the guy. Maybe Staley can learn from this and go on to become a good head coach down the road, but he wasn't going to be your guy, and that's where you needed to part ways. But you're cheap. You didn't want to pay two coaches at the same time, so you brought him back. And in the process, you threw away another season of Justin Herbert. You threw away another season of Keenan Allen, Khalil Mack, and Joey Bosa. You threw it away. The Chiefs are down. You didn't even contend with them this year. And now your general manager's out as well. Like, that. that's just – there's a difference between cheap and frugal. Frugal can be smart. Cheap is never smart. And cheap yeah. is what the Chargers are, and that's why they get the results they get. Well – there's a reason that we have turned the name of the team into a verb. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is what they do. And, and I guess just from a pride standpoint, you know, you took the team away from San Diego because they wouldn't build you a stadium. And you move them up north. Now, as you have pointed out many times, you're paying rent, which is just, I mean, that's a whole other thing within and of itself to not even have your own stadium, to share it with somebody else. But you also just seemingly have had no pride in where this team has gone. None. And 
I don't like to throw around the word quit. I, I really don't. Even on a night where you give up 63 points. But Khalil Mack can say what he wants after the game. All those guys can say whatever they want. We, you just see it in the result. And I feel a little bit for Brandon Staley, but at the same time I don't because this was somebody that consistently throughout his tenure did not look to make adjustments in what he was doing, Joe. I mean, look at last night. I mean, fourth and one, own 49. Chargers line up in shotgun. They're going to run it out of the shotgun. But wouldn't have mattered anyway. They didn't get it. Wouldn't have mattered anyway because they were lined up in the neutral zone on offense. Once again, apparently it doesn't just happen to the Chiefs. No, 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 no. So Let's not get that narrative out there. It only exclusively happens to the Chiefs. It's just it, it's sad to me because I, I I think they have a lot of good pieces in place and they need a culture guy. And that to me does not mean in this case that you can go and get a culture guy who is doing it for the first time. Can't do it. You need you need so many things right now. You need toughness more than anything else. This strikes me as one of the weakest franchises in the NFL. They impose their will on nobody. At least back in the day when they were playing Marty Ball, like they were a physical outfit. That defense would lay the wood. Quentin Jammer, Antonio Cromartie, Sean Merriman, the list goes on and on. Uh, Foley, Phillips, all those guys. Weddle. Like, they'd lay some wood. And then on offense, Lone Neal, LaDainian Tomlinson in the backfield, Gates at tight end. Rivers always played a physical style of football. Like, that's a team that had pride. They had pride in what they did. The last few years, and this isn't all on Staley, this goes to the top. They've got no pride. they got no toughness. Like, what defines them? Right? It's like you said. Yeah. Their, their mascot is now a verb. They're out there chargering. Charger's going to charger. They're not a serious franchise. And the, the, at the top of the, 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 the organizational heap, they got to look in the mirror at some point if they want to win. And they, they got to say, what the hell are we doing? And how do we change this? Who can we get in here that's going to start holding people accountable and start setting some standards? Because it feels like that organization has no standards. There's no coming in the building and feeling like you need to live up to something you're just doing your job and you're going home yeah there, no urgency to anything none yeah it's everything's Carlin. too casual and, and there is a very simple answer out there and we're going to get to that in just moments be part of carlin versus joe nation i'm the dr pepper call in line 888-ESPN 888-729-3776 espn nation presented by dr pepper it's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold dr pepper the one fans deserve again if you're just joining us within the last 10 minutes adam schefter tweeting that the chargers have fired both their gm tom telesco and the head coach brandon staley after giving up 63 points last night to their division rival, the Raiders. A team that scored zero last week. Wow. Has that ever... I, I can't imagine something like this has ever happened. Oh, by the way, last night, uh, Scorigami. Oh, is that true? Well, I mean... Well, yeah. Had you don't to really be. get a lot of 63-21s out there. No. No, it had to be. A little Scorigami for you. There you go. Well, there's something good to take <laughs> out of it. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. What a joke last night was. Two and three, down 1.1 units. Overall, 104, 110, and two, down 16.28 units. I'm going to start. I can't wait for golf season. I'm just going to start playing a bunch of 50 to ones to make all this up. I'm sure I'm sure no one's ever thought of that plan before. All right, two NFL plays for you. Lions minus four tomorrow over the Broncos. Broncos might be the luckiest team in the NFL over the last two months of the season. Seven game stretch where they're six and one during which time they're number one in the NFL in starting field position, 35-yard line, and they're number one in takeaways. Opponents in those seven games have committed 18 fumbles, 11 of which they've recovered. Fumbles are not predictable or predictive, as they say. That luck's going to run out. Bounce back spot for the Lions. Lay the four with Detroit. In addition, we're going to lay the six with the Rams over the Commanders. Commanders look like a team that's quit on the season. I got a feeling they're going to head west. The Rams are coming off that Raven game, and they're just going to light this defense up. Sean McVay versus that defense is a problem. Rams fighting for the playoffs. Pizza Money's one and two, and we got ten of them for you today. Lions minus four, Rams minus six. Ten minutes from now, Adam Schefter is going to join us on the very latest with the firing of both Tom Telesco, the GM, and Brandon Staley, the coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Here is the statement from Dean Spanos just moments ago, Joe. I want to thank Tom and Brandon for their hard work, dedication, professionalism. Wish them nothing but the best. These are these decisions never easy, nor are they something I take lightly, especially when you consider the number of people they impact. We're clearly not where we expect to be however, and need a new vision. Doing nothing in the name of continuity was not a risk I was willing to take, unlike last year. Oh, that's not in there. I put that in there. That's, that's uh, an add-on. Yeah, our fans have stood strong through so many ups and downs and close games. They deserve more. Frankly, they've earned more. Building and maintaining a championship-caliber program remains our ultimate goal, and reimagining how we achieve that goal begins today. End quote. Okay. So he did it. Finally, it took forever. Didn't do it last year when he probably should have, at least when it came to Staley. So now, how much are we to read into the fact that they cleaned house completely here when it comes to the very idea that you brought up several months ago uh, before anyone else? And I don't mind patting you on the back for that. And I can Bill- do it myself, too. I'll do the old Barry Horowitz in here. <laughs> 
Barry It's actually Horowitz. the second nice time pull. today I've done that. I did that on the morning show. Cohen called me out right away. He recognized it. He's nice a pull. slick fellow. Nice pull. A lot of denim. Uh, <laughs> you know, listen, if Belichick is the idea for Dean Spanos, great. It's exactly where they need to go. He obviously uh, needs to part ways with the Patriots because sometimes it's just time. I, I hate to say it. It's just I'm, I'm in a I'll believe it when I see it kind of mode. You know, he did hire Marty Schottenheimer at one point, who was that kind of a guy. But obviously Belichick has a whole lot more success on his resume and a whole lot more money that he's going to be looking for. The thing that Belichick can bring to the table, whether it's a good long-term play or not, is that people will start to take you seriously at the very least. Like, Belichick's not going to come in, mail it in, and goof off. No. He's going to want to erase the last three years from his legacy and, and tack on something else, something that we can remember him by in a more positive way. So bringing a guy like that in is going to immediately alter the culture, which is what you need more than anything, because everything's too casual there. You see it with their approach, with their play calling, with the way they line up, with the way they perform week in and week out. It's just too casual and laid back of a culture. They need to take things a little bit more seriously. Let me ask you this, because I just thought of this and I'm going through it right now. Is there any other team in the league, and I think this is going to highlight what a disaster this is for the Chargers, is there any other team in the league that has a that has an above-average quarterback that is lousy? Now, I'll, I'm going to take some time because you didn't know this was coming, but Carolina, we don't know. Arizona, Kyler Murray's good, but we've only seen him for four games. I, I'm not calling him above-average yet. Okay, commander situation. Um, Justin Fields with Chicago. If you like Justin Fields and think he's above-average, but I don't know if he's reached that yet. You look around at these teams. The Saints, like Carr's not a great quarterback. The Falcons don't have a great quarterback situation. Geno's okay. They're in the playoff hunt. You work from the bottom up. There isn't a single damn team in this league that has really solid quarterback play like Justin Herbert and gets this type of result. They have found a way to nail the quarterback position and still bomb out on a regular basis. That's how bad things are. Yeah, there's really not. And just a a quick scan, I don't. I can't point to anybody and say that there's a situation like that. No, bad teams have bad quarterbacks, and good teams generally have good quarterbacks. This is the rare example of a team that has a good quarterback and gets really lousy results. But let me ask this question, okay? It's not just the quarterback that they've nailed. Like, they had offensive playmakers. Yeah. Like, Eckler, when healthy, is a terrific player. Mike Williams, when healthy, is a terrific player. I mean, Williams obviously hasn't been healthy. Keenan Allen is a great player. Keenan Allen's a Hall of Famer. Uh, Slater on the offensive line, they nailed that one a couple of years ago. Defensively, the things that they – you know, I keep hearing about Derwin James. I don't know how great he is because he's consistently hurt, but I keep hearing what a great player he is. I know Khalil Mack's a great player. Dude's got, what, 16 sacks He leads the NFL in sacks. I mean, that's absurd. How do you have a franchise quarterback and the NFL sack leader and you're firing your coach and your GM because you're so far out of the playoff race? You give up 63 points. Yeah, listen, I think this is is somebody that in Dean Spano's – I don't think even in making this move, realized what he had in advance. Again, it's not the mentality of doing something too soon. It's holding on uh, and being worried 
uh, about paying somebody for not doing anything? Come on. Like, what are we doing at this point? That's what that? it was, man. We, I mean, yeah. we knew it last year. We Let knew it last this. year after the Jags game. Uh, the guy, if I can't get Belichick, I'd hire Harbaugh. I'd hire Harbaugh. I would. Well, I Jim's going to come in and bring a serious nature to the business. Like, they need to be serious. It's not a serious franchise. Jim will tick everybody off, and he'll flame out in about four years. But in that, in those four years, you will be a playoff team, and you will be a much better team. Yeah, you'll and be organized. You know, with Herbert, I think if you can get one or two more pieces in place, you can actually be a legitimate Super Bowl contender if you had Harbaugh. You're going to hate dealing with him if you're Dean Spanos for a while, and there will be an expiration date on him, but I'd do it. He's he's not available. I'm, I, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. If Harbaugh is even remotely interested, you need someone who's going to come in and be serious. That's what you need. You just need to change. You need to dramatically alter this culture, which is why the GM is out as well. I would be saying I, he's not going to be available, but the person you want is Mike Tomlin. You want Ooh. that guy. You want the CEO that can come in, that can run an organization, that can hold people accountable, that can create a culture of accountability, a culture of hard work, a culture of teamwork, and kind of move this thing into a new era. Like, I'm not suggesting Tomlin because the Steelers aren't going to let him go. But that's what you need. I know there's going to be a lot of talk about brilliant offensive minds to work with Justin Herbert or big names like Belichick and all that. I I get him. I don't disagree. But you need a guy who more than anything else is just going to come in, take charge, and get the culture organized. Things there are too casual. They're too lazy. Failure, mistakes, they're all accepted. They're all accepted. A great line. Mike Lombardi has, has a great line he's used. You're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. And that's what the Chargers are. If they're not coaching the dysfunction, they're just allowing it to happen. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. In moments, the very latest, Adam Schefter joins us right here. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Carlin versus Joe, breaking news. As you just heard in Christine's update, the Chargers have fired Tom Telesco, their GM, and Brandon Stanley, their head coach. Adam Schefter first reported it about. Uh, 30 minutes ago, the Chargers have since confirmed that. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. And we welcome in Mr. Schefter right now, of course, ESPN Senior NFL Insider. Adam, it's Chris Carlin and Joe Fortenbaugh. We appreciate a few minutes on a very busy day. Let's just start here. The Chargers never do this in season, so why did they finally decide to do this here? Because you can't lose a game like that last night in the way that they did and know that you're making a change and wait and bring out the same head coach, I think, for a home game next weekend on Saturday night against the Buffalo Bills. They, they know, everybody knew, that the change was coming. And so when you know it's coming and you suffer a historic loss, not just a bad loss, but a historic loss, that's the impetus. Plus, it comes on a Thursday night where you get an extra day or two to prep the interim head coach, interim GM, and kind of get them ready for the game. Not that it matters much, but again, this is something that everybody knew was coming. They have extra time to make the move 
having played a Thursday night game, it was inevitable. And I think they figured, why wait now when Dean Spanos in the statement said that he felt like the team deserved more. Any idea who the interims might be, especially at head coach? Could it be Kellen Moore getting elevated here? I I don't think it's going to be Kellen Moore now. Um, I'm waiting to hear. I think that they have made a decision. I think they're waiting to talk to the players. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Kellen Moore. And now the question becomes is, who is it going to be? And I don't know specifically, but I don't believe it'll be Kellen Moore. Adam Schefter, ESPN Senior NFL Insider, joining us. Uh, Adam, how should we read into the fact that it was both Telesco and Staley here? Is there the possibility that they will look at a guy who is going to run the whole thing, one individual to oversee everything, be the coach and the GM? Well, I don't know that. I think that Tom Telesco had hired three head coaches, and – I think that, you know, there aren't many GMs in this league that get to hire four head coaches. And so if you're making a change at head coach, uh, you're probably making a change at general manager, and you're probably just starting with a fresh slate so that they can now go after whoever it is that they want. They have a top-rate quarterback uh, to sell. They've got a great location in Los Angeles. And so now they can offer any head coaching candidate, GM candidate, the idea that they could go coach one of the best quarterbacks in football in one of the biggest markets in the country and have a chance to succeed. So I just think it's, it, it, the job becomes that much more attractive when somebody's coming in with their own people, whether it's a head coach and a GM or vice versa or however they do it. Last one real quick. Any idea on – what they might be looking at candidates and candidates in general for this offseason for head coaching positions? You know, look, I think we're going to be able to speculate on names sooner than they are. Um, I don't think that they were necessarily thinking like this today, like, okay, let's go fire Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco because we're going after candidate X. You know, you, you know, we will discuss and we will speculate on all the obvious names that are out there, the top coaching candidates that have been connected to all these jobs and we'll see which ones they decide to pursue. Um, So again, I I think what to me, having spoken to people around the league, believing that this was going to happen there, the feeling is that what they need there in Los Angeles is somebody to reset the culture there, right? It's always, It's been mediocrity for a long time. It's been a team that has not lived up to its expectations for a long time. Um, So, you know, um, they need somebody to kind of change the culture there a little bit and get this team on board. And that's what I think they're uh, working on. Adam, appreciate it. We know it's busy. Thanks for a few minutes. You got it, Chris. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. You too, Adam Schefter. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's two of us here. Just a, just happy holidays to you? Chop, well, chop liver over here. I got a happy Adam. holidays, too. Schefter's out long-term. That's out. He's, we, he's on the ban list. Yeah, that feels like a good strategy with the company. What does that guy know? <laughs> <laughs> Except everything in the most popular sport in the world. Yes. Give me, give me a little something there at the end, though. Need a culture change. Need a culture setter. Yeah. And listen, every 
every coaching hire really is centered around that. But, look, the fact that they did it now, I, man, I didn't even realize that Telesco had hired three coaches. Right. Like, who gets that chance? Nobody. Yeah. No, but that's in, that is – that's that, quite. A, that's loco. That's I. We should have been on that. And you know what? Yeah. The fact that everyone was on Staley for a year and no one mentioned Telesco. Yeah. But at this point, it's not about shoveling dirt. It's not about highlighting all the mistakes. It, it's it's all well documented. You know, moving forward, you don't want to squander this quarterback. That that is just I. I don't know if there's anything in sports outside of shotgun on fourth and one. I don't think there's anything in sports I despise more than these incompetent franchises that ruin quality quarterback play. We yeah. can debate until the cows come home as to whether or not Herbert's top tier or second tier or whatever, but he's a guy who can get the job done. He's shown enough that he can win. He reminds me a lot of a Matthew Stafford, right? Like Stafford flashed so much with the lions, but everyone kind of always wondered, is he really a franchise guy? Because the Lions were so inept. And then finally he went to the Rams and immediately won a Super Bowl. Answering that question. That's what you have here. You have a guy who's good enough to win a Super Bowl, but you got to put the coaching around him. And Schefter hits the nail on the head. This hire has to be about culture. It has to be about someone that's going to come in and start holding people accountable. Because everything falls through the cracks with that organization. They're too casual. They're too laid back. They don't hold each other accountable. They just show up and you see the result each and every week. It's like, man, they were right there. They just couldn't finish it because they're not detail oriented. You need a hard ass who's going to come in and start cracking down a little bit. Yeah. And it is really remarkable. Just the concept uh, that you hit on a couple of times here, but it really bears repeating. Because when you look around the league and just how difficult it is to nail the quarterback through the draft, it is not easy to do. I mean, the hit rate right now is about 30 to 35% on first-round picks over the last 10, 12 years, Joe, at quarterback. I mean, Telesco obviously stayed around for a while because he's been pretty right on personnel, and that was obviously a big one to get right. But... The fact that you haven't been able to do anything with that, like that's not a thing anymore. Remember in the NFL, we'd talk about the quarterbacks who were so great, but they could never find a way to win way back in the day. You know, you'd think about guys like Archie Manning and Dan Fouts and they never won a damn thing. Like that can't ever be a thing now in the National Football League. You can't. No. It's, for me, I just look at this from a Charger standpoint. And I have to get somebody that is of substance. As you said, I have to get a serious person. I have to get someone that is not getting this job for the first time and doesn't know who to hire and is going to be scrambling for assistance. I need the guy that has done it before, that has won before. It's going to cost us, but I got to suck it up and do it. Because when you put out a statement, Joe, that said the fans in this organization deserve better, act like it. Act like it. Yeah, follow through on that for the first time in a long time. Follow through. Two playoff appearances since 2014, one wild card win. This team, this franchise, Drew Brees to Phillip Rivers to Justin Herbert. And from 2014 until now, one playoff win. 
Like, we talk about how, well, Drew Brees only won one Super Bowl, and, you know, the Packers, 30 years of Favre and Rodgers, it only really got him a couple Super Bowls. These guys don't even get playoff wins. They've got one conference championship appearance in the 20-plus years of Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, and Justin Herbert. That is unbelievably unacceptable. And on top of that, this comes from the boys in the back as a reminder, Tom Telesco, when he went with Brandon Staley, you know who he passed up? Brian Brian Dable. Dable. Yep. Brian Dable in 2021. They went to the same, Evan, they went to the same high school? Telesco went to the same high school as last year's coach of the year, and somehow that got past him? Wow. In upstate New York, right outside Buffalo. Feels like something I should know, having married in the Bills Mafia, but that's something. Well, but it all comes back to that, doesn't it? Yeah. Is he going to tell me the two of them haven't had beef on weck together? Oh, don't don't tempt me. There's another half Please, in the fridge wait, right down the hall. I'm starving. Just, just very quickly, for those who don't know, describe what it is. It's like a French dip almost. It's it's oh. it's really good shaved roast beef on a – the roll is the key. I don't know the roll. The salted roll? Yeah. Damn, they're going to kill me for not knowing this. <sighs> I'm an idiot. I think we've already established that. It's no. delicious. You dip it in the au jus. You go with some horseradish. It's incredible. I'm sweating right now just thinking about it. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. I've got two and a half hours till lunch. That's what I just thought. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Buffalo, uh, Josh Allen does have a huge test Sunday against the hottest team in the league. We have that right after Joe has this from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have both the knowledge and the experience to answer all of your toughest questions. In addition, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. It's a team, man. It's a team. One guy can't do it. It takes all of us. ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. Well, look who's back. That's right. Joe, tell them what happened last week. I don't have it in front of me. I'm not really sure. We went 3-0. That's what last happened. Last week was 3-0, huh? I, I don't worry about anybody else. Just about us. It's about you and me. It's about you Making the picks is about me being ready to pounce and hammer you when you're wrong, but really Ooh. accepting credit when we're right. So we are now 28-13-2 in the pick'em. Three so, games up on Freddie and Harry. Is it time to start talking magic number? We're getting there. We're certainly getting there. I mean, you got a winning percentage there, like 65%. I mean, we let's, let's just... You want to move back to Vegas? Let's go. I'd like... To start yeah. getting the pizza money picks right. We're nailing these, and I'm down in pizza money. All right, so here's the deal. The standings are, as Joe just mentioned, Freddie and Harry are three games behind us. On Sportsmanlike and Game Night are four games behind us. Amber and Ian, 19-22-2. and two. They're climbing back a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. And then Greeny, 15-26-2. He's not climbing back. No. I think he's he is, outsourcing at this point. He is going deeper into the crevasse. <laughs> that is what he is doing. Yes, he is outsourcing it to Bubba. So we went 3-0 and last week, and we have three games this week. So let's get to game one, Handman. Broncos and Lions. Lions, four and a half point favorites. Now, when we discussed this game yesterday, my initial inclination was Broncos, but Joseph 
you think otherwise. Talk to me. I like the Lions here because Denver is a team that the analytics guys in the sports gambling world are looking at, and they're primed for regression. Money's been coming in on Detroit because of that. Denver has been a very lucky team. Last seven weeks, they're 6-1. and one. Go inside the numbers. They are number one in the NFL during that stretch in average starting field position, 35-yard line. All right? Now, on top of that, they're number one in takeaways during that stretch. Seven games, their opponents have fumbled the ball 18 times. 18 times in seven games. They've recovered 11 of them. Fumbles are not predictive. It's an oblong ball. It hits the ground at weird angles and bounces in the one guy's hands one time and another guy's hands the next time. You can't predict them. So when you run hot like this, like teams with one-score game records, where they're really good or really bad in that department, regression's coming. I don't know if it's this game, but I'm going to bet that it's this game. Give me the Lions. Well, here's my question, though. The, the one thing I'd really be concerned about is how bad this Lions defense has been. It's been been really really bad for weeks. And with Russell Wilson having, I think, what we'd call a pretty decent season, there's a bounce-back year for Russell Wilson. I I feel like I need to take that into account a little bit, but I'm going to ride with you here because when you say sharp money, that's like saying McDonald's to me. I'm in. (laughs) I'm in. I'm in. Where are we going? How do we get there? And how do we jump on board? Sharp money says Lions. We're going Lions in game one. Game two, handmet. Cowboys at Bills. Bills, two-point favorites at home for the Cowboys. Uh, the forecast, 40 degrees, rainyish. Mm. 40 degrees, rainyish. We have spent a lot of time this week, Joe, talking about how many turnovers the Cowboys force and how many times the Bills turn it over. That does not factor me factor into me as much this week where if I have that kind of weather, I don't know what Dak Prescott can do in that kind of weather. It pains me to say it, but I can't deny that Josh Allen is a cold weather, bad weather quarterback, and he's going to heavily have that uh, in favor over the Cowboys. What's your thought here? I like Buffalo here. Um, Dallas's defense at home, very different than on the road. At home, you have the crowd noise. It confuses the communication on the traveling team's offensive line and quarterback. It gives the defensive line a fractional second of an edge, firing off the ball, going after the opposing QB. You don't have that on the road. And when you don't have the pass rush on the road, you're not going to be able to cover as successfully in the back end because you're going to be asked to do it for longer. I think this is where the Dallas defense is going to be weak. We've seen them on the road against Philly, San Francisco, Arizona. All three of those teams hung 28 or more. I like the Bills here. Yeah, we're going to go Bills minus two for game two. Game three, Hammett. Ravens at Jaguars. Ravens three and a half point favorites on the road. At Jacksonville. Joe, what do you got? Hardest game. Hardest yeah. game here. So I'm not going to try to overly sell. If you've got a good position, I'm not going to fight you on it. I lean Ravens because this is a strength on strength game. Ravens number one in the NFL in rushing offense. Jaguars are like a top three run defense. So a lot of people look at that and say, hmm, that's going to slow down Baltimore. Baltimore could be in trouble. Perhaps. But I've watched Jacksonville play good run offenses this year. One of them was San Francisco. The Niners cracked them. One of them was Cleveland last week. The Browns cracked them. They built those stats up on the backs of poor opposition. When they've gone against the good running offenses, 
they've struggled. So I lean to the Ravens here. But like I said, if you're big on Jacksonville, I'm not going to be able to fight you on it. I wouldn't say I'm big on Jacksonville, but that's more of a personal thing because they have really smoked me in some situations this year. And that's been disappointing. And frankly, I did say at the beginning of the season that Jacksonville was going to be in the AFC Championship game, and I own that take. Uh, My problem is, do I go here one last stand or not? So as you can tell, like, I'm in between. And when I'm in between on something, give me a dominant unit. And I think we can both agree the Ravens defense is a dominant unit. Yeah, I've seen Jacksonville in some big spots against physical teams. Cleveland last week, San Francisco, the first Houston game, they didn't stand up well. That that Raven pass rush. The one thing that concerns me is the Kyle Hamilton injury in the back end yeah. for Baltimore. But overall, I feel myself leaning to the Ravens here. So if you want to go in that direction, like I said, no fight. So we're going Ravens minus three and a half. All right, recapping. Uh-oh, all the favorites here. Just realize we're on three favorites. You don't like it? Well, we're the favorites to win this whole thing, so it makes sense. That's fair. Favorites and leading. I mean, that's what favorites do sometimes. Yeah. Win. Uh, When they're good favorites like we are. Here's the deal. So, in the ESPN Radio Radio Pick'em Challenge, or the Radium Pick'em Challenge, whatever you want, uh, we are taking the Lions minus four and a half over the Broncos, the Bills... Minus two over the Cowboys and the Ravens minus three and a half over the Jaguars. Once again, I want to point out that we have basically gone wire to wire this year. Not basically, we've gone wire to wire uh, in first place, and we continue to do so with a three and a week last week at twenty eight thirteen and two. I could spend the next forty five seconds espousing more of our greatness, but I, I think I should let you do it. 15, 16, 17, 18. We got four weeks to go, 12 total picks, and we got a three-game lead. Yeah. If we blow this, we're going to – Why just would gonna, you even suggest it? Well, because it needs to be out there. Well, but and I'm now not, that it's out there, we can dismiss it. Okay. Uh, listen, I'm not going out and celebrating for sure. Not by any stretch. I don't like the fact that Freddie and Harry are the show right behind us. They can hear our picks and they can they can pick accordingly. There's going to be gamesmanship down the stretch where people are just going to listen to what we say and they're going to go the opposite way in the hopes of getting back in this thing. Yeah, yeah. No, there, there's no question. And that's why we just have to continue to be better than everyone else. But it's what we do. <laughs> this is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.